Awesome. Thank you, worship team. Uh, it's great. It's a great day. It's a great day to be together. Uh, such a blessing to see you, uh, to hear you sing, uh, to participate with you. Uh, today is a day uh, we celebrate what Christ has done. Uh, and really, th- as you think about life, there's really just three things. There's three things. And really, there's maybe just two for you. Uh, there's you, there's you, and I don't know if that scares you. Uh, you have to live life with yourself. That's a problem. We kind of uh, we kind of follow ourselves around, right? Uh, I I don't know how you think about yourself, but I, I think most of us struggle to some degree or another with ourselves. Things that we've done. Things that we are. Uh, deficiencies that we have. Uh, the the things that we just can't shake, we just can't get rid of. And we're always there. It's us. Uh, sometimes you ask, so what's the problem? And you say, well, I'm the problem. I'm the one. Uh, it's the things that I do. It's my thoughts. It's what I've been about. Well, so there's us. And then there's the world that we live in. Yikes. Yikes. I was sharing with some people in between services, our sunrise service. It's a lot warmer, by the way, here for the second service than it is for the first service. But uh, we had a great time. Love for you to come next year. Can't promise the weather. It was pretty mild, actually, uh, for uh, Bear Valley this time of year. Anyways, um, I was talking to some people in between services, and they, especially, you know, as we get older and uh, we think we can see the world a little bit better and we have a little bit more time to think, and we have a little bit more time to watch the news. That's a bad deal, isn't it? It's fear. It causes us fear. And, and we don't look at the world and say, you know, there's some silly people in the world. And, that, and there's always been a group of these silly people that go, hey, the world's just becoming a better place. And I, I go, what world are they looking at? You know, where are they seeing this? I, I, there's nice things in the world, and there, there's things that you can see that are things to rejoice about. But as you look at what's happening in the world, how can it not cause you to want to freak out? And so there's really just us, our, our individual person, who we are, and this world that the Scripture tells us is perishing. That's all there is. And then there's Jesus. And then there's Jesus. And this morning, uh, I, I want to place before you, just be real simple with you here this morning, and just remind you that you can either have a relationship with Jesus or not. You can. It, it can be just you doing your best in a world that is perishing. Or it can be you in all your inadequacies, and Jesus being in relationship with Jesus Christ, the one who went to the cross, the one who rose from the dead, in the midst of a world that's perishing, that you can have a relationship with Him. Those are your options here this morning. And I want to share with you kind of what we get with Jesus. I want to read to you first uh, from uh, the book of the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's a great uh, resurrection. It, it's a great gospel. It's a, it, it's a great uh, chapter that talks about both what Jesus 
has done and how it, its implications. But in chapter 15, verse 3, it gives us probably the most succinct uh, picture of Jesus' life and what he did. And it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, it says this, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scripture. That's what he did. That Christ came to this earth as this perfect man, different than you and I, uh, different than us in the sense that he had no sin, but that he came to this earth and it says that he died according to the Scripture. He died. Uh, we look at that and we realize, well, death is no big deal. Uh, there are plenty of people who die. Uh, I've known some people who have died. It, it happens to everyone. They say it's like taxes, right? I hate to bring it up at a time like this. First day of April. Uh, I always wonder why they didn't have April 15th, uh, why they have April 15th being tax day instead of April 1st. That would be more appropriate. But anyways, um, you, you look at that and you realize that uh, people have died. But what makes this death, Jesus' death, special is that of who he was. He was a sinless man. And even in this passage, it refers to him being in accordance with the Scripture, that this was foretold. It was part of a plan, not yours or mine, but the Father's plan worked out in the Son. That Jesus came, and, and we celebrate Christmas as well, where he came. We, we celebrate his birth. Why? Because he was born to be the Savior, Lord, King, which is what we celebrate today. And so we look at this passage, we see that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scripture. And then in verse 4, it says that he was buried, that he was placed in a tomb. I hope you enjoyed the little girls telling the story. Uh, I realized that not all of it was accurate. I don't think they had pizza at the... Uh, uh, Last Supper um, would have been a better meal if they did. But uh, I'm just saying, uh, maybe the world is becoming a better place because there's pizza involved. Anyways, um, we realize that uh, that Jesus came, he died, he was buried. And then it says in that same verse four, it says that he was raised on the third day, once again, in accordance with the scripture. It, you, some of us struggle with that. You say, oh, preacher, you had me, like, I'm fine uh, believing that Jesus died. You know, that's pretty common. Rose again. Come on. Come on. I want to tell you that uh, the Scripture claims that as a history. It is, it is a written thing. And I, I want to re read on because I think it's important for you to see uh, that this is not based just upon one person's claim. If you look on in verse 5, it says, And then he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. As you look at uh, this account, uh, I want to tell you that the, the point of that last section is talking about people were eyewitnesses. By the way, that's what science is all about, right? 
seeing it, being able to see what has gone on. And so as Paul writes this, he says, this happened. He died, he rose again, and he was seen after the resurrection uh, by this guy, and then the 12, and then the 500. And what is that? Uh, you know, if one of you comes in with a crazy story, and it depends who you are, too, right? How much validity, you know, some of you come up with crazier stories on a regular basis. And so I'm like, oh, yes, good to see you today. And I'm nodding my head. But if one of you comes in with a story that I, I, I haven't heard before and it sounds hard to believe, I'd probably nod my head and say, that's nice, that's nice. And by the way, the resurrection, but that's the biggest, right? The idea of coming back from the dead. It's not just one person. It's not just 12, but they 500, and then you add the others in there. And it wasn't just at the time of writing. It wasn't just that they had heard this story, but there were some even alive at that time that they could have went and talked to. And so he puts this before us. He says the resurrection happened. It's just a matter of whether you want to believe it. And that, that's one of the problems that we sometimes uh, have is that we don't want to believe it we don't want to believe it and i realize why because if jesus went to the cross he died for your sins and he rose victorious as the king of kings lord of lords uh, and you say i don't want to believe it. i can understand that because you don't want a king of kings you've already taken that spot right you decided that you're going to be the king or the queen and you're going to de decide how this is going by the way that's back to just you a uh, needy person in a hurting uh, a world that's perishing. That's, that's the best you can do. And so as we look at this, to know this, that as we look at the Scripture, this is the gospel. This is the life that Jesus lived, both his death and his resurrection. And this is what we celebrate here today. And I just want to ask you, do you want a relationship with the resurrected Savior? Do you want a relationship? And this morning, I want to give you, I want to give you what you get with Jesus. And I realize that sounds kind of consumer-like, right? I, I realize that some of you are going, oh, that just doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right, but I want to tell you, this is the question that we all ask over and over again. What do I get with Jesus? Well, why is it such a big deal? Why, is, why are we celebrating? The, what's, what's the big deal about it? And this morning, I want to give you seven points, quickly, seven points of what we get with Jesus. And I want to tell you, there's more. There's more. It's not just seven. Probably hundreds. Probably hundreds. But I'm just giving you seven this morning. By the way, a little commercial. We're in the midst of a study uh, here at Bear Valley Church from the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible of finding meaning in this meaningless life. You should come. You should come. Uh, you should put it on your calendars. You should mark it. You should figure out a way to get here. Not because I'm a great preacher, because I'm not. But, but I, I want you to know this. The Word of God has something for you. This world is empty. This world is empty. And, and some of us are going, yeah, I'm going to figure out some way to get. I want to tell you, you won't figure it out without God directing you, hearing from Him and I want to encourage you. We're, we're right at the beginning of it, so we've got a long way to go, so we'd love to have you back. Uh, good for you and good for us as well. I want to give you some things this morning 
that we get with Jesus. And the first one is from Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, and then verse 14 uh, for our second point. The first one is deliverance. If you look at God's word, it says this, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, He has delivered us. He has delivered us from the domain of dark, darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. Deliverance. This word deliverance is, is a word of a conquering king. It's setting the captives free. It's delivering them from the mess that they're in. We're going to end with this as well. But I, I want to tell you that as you look at this world, as you look at the situation that you're in right now, apart from what God has done in His Son, Jesus, you're stuck. I'm stuck. And, and apart from that, you, you know, you can rearrange the furniture, but it's still the same furniture. It's still the same house. And apart from Jesus, there is no deliverance from the sins that we struggle with. This passage gives us the picture of taking us from the domain of darkness and bringing us into the light of His new kingdom. Having a new king. And what we get with Jesus is deliverance. Verse 13, it says that. In verse 14, it says this. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I don't know what you hear. And, and I, I want to tell you that all of us here today, not, not because I know you personally, but because I know what the Scripture tells us about ourselves, and I've talked to many people. Your sins chase you around, don't they? Your sins, they remind if The mere fact that I bring it up, some of you are reflecting on your sins right now. You're thinking of that one sin or that, that group of sins or those sins that have, have dogged your feet over and over again. And I want to tell you the worst thing about sin is the truth of sin, right? Uh, you know, kids don't need to learn this, but uh, they, they real quickly, they... They, they like to say, oh, it, it, it was an accident. It was an accident. I made a mistake. Uh, if my brother wasn't here, this wouldn't have happened. All these things are trying to get the, the, the guilt off of themselves. And we do the same things. We want to say, is there some way to fix my guilt? Is there some way to get forgiveness? Well, I tell you, it's only found in Jesus Christ. It's only found in Him. He grants us deliverance, but He also grants us forgiveness. And it comes in relationship with Him. As we move on, uh, book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 1, uh, it says this. It says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. I want to tell you the third point. So you got deliverance, you got forgiveness. You have freedom, freedom. I want to tell you that this is the problem with sin. It's not a toy we get to play with and then set it down, right? It's enslaving. And, and, and sin is one of those things where you, when you finally get tired of it, you can't get rid of it. You feel stuck in it. I want to tell you, 
that because of what Jesus did on the cross, his resurrection, he grants freedom. Freedom from the slavery of sin. That's good. This is what you get with Jesus. This is what you get with him. But wait, there's more. I love this because as I, as I think about this, it's so exciting, the riches that are found in Jesus that I have because of what he has done. And as I go through this list, I can't help but get excited knowing that the riches are mine because of him. Number four, I'd say this, and we, we, we've sung this in a couple of the songs that mention this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, uh, chapter 15 in 1 Corinthians is this great um, talking about the resurrection, what Jesus has done, and it, it just dwells on it and all the implications. And at the end, it says this, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory. I want to tell you that um, one of the common thoughts of man, mankind, is this. I'm a loser. I'm a loser. Or I'm the loser. I've lost. I want to tell you um, that when you think about being in the sinful world and, and you being on your own, the facts are with your conclusion of being a loser. I've lost. I, I've shown myself deficient. I, I've gotten on the losing team. But you read the scripture and you realize what's found in Jesus. What does it say? It says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You go from being on the losing team to the winning team. Not because of what you've done, but because of your new relationship with Jesus Christ. He gives it to us. What we couldn't win on our own, He gives us to us at the cost of His Son. I want to tell you, you go from being the loser to the victor. I'm on the winning team. I have acquired the victory. It keeps getting better. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 5 say this. Uh, it says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. You know what you get? With Jesus, you get to be a part of his family. That's amazing. What's amazing about that? Um. When your kids are born, you don't know what you get, right? You know, they all look cute when they're born, right? You don't know what problems they're going to bring into your household, you know? I'm pretty sure that's part of the reason of the great plan of God, right? Because if he told you all the problems that your kids would cause you, uh, you'd go, keep, keep that kid out of my house, you know, right? Uh, but, but look at this. Look at this. God knowing us. Not just knowing us in a sense of knowing us in our perfection of what he wants us to be, but knowing us in our sin. It says that as part of his plan in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. Why? 
to redeem us who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Some of you understand adoption far greater than I do. You've been adopted. You have a forever family. Someone has taken you in when you didn't have that family. And and you rejoice in that. You realize the the need, the need. But I want to tell you that because of what Jesus has done, as part of the plan of the Father, He took you. He took you. And He made you part of His forever family, not just here on this earth, but for eternity. He didn't just bring you in and say, I'll give you a room and I'll give you food to eat. He says, you will be my son. You will be my daughter. That's amazing. That's riches beyond what we can imagine. This is what we get with Jesus. As we look at this, we, that same passage goes on. And it, it says in verse six, uh, 6, it says, And because you are sons... God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, an heir through God. I want to tell you this. There's a couple of them in there, but I'm kind of swishing things together because I wanted to have seven points instead of eight. It just sounds better. If you're a son or a daughter, if you're um, part of the family, you also get a faithful father. You have a father who cares for you, who protects you, who watches out for you. It's so interesting to me as, as children, which is what we are, as children of God, we are a mess. We look at this world, we look at things that are going on, and, and we quickly freak out and lose our heads, and we, we don't know what we're doing, we don't know what we should be doing, But I want to tell you, because of what Jesus has done, because of the plan of the Father worked out in His Son, Jesus, we now get relationship. We now get a faithful Father who watches out for us. Which brings me to my seventh point. Now, uh, I don't know... As I was thinking through the scripture weeks ago and I was thinking about different things I could share with you this morning, I, I considered what was going on in this world and where we are. And this passage stood out to me as something that would be important for us to talk about today. Um, I realize that it's not your typical resurrection morning message. Uh, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Now, for some of you here this morning, you're great theologians, you're students of the Scripture. And when I say 1 Corinthians, you go, oh yeah? Uh, And and you think about the church at Corinth. Uh, By the way, the church at Corinth uh, was the dirty church, okay? The dirty church. The, The city, the town of Corinth was dirty, And so was the church. When I say dirty, it was immoral. Okay? Uh, Some have suggested, uh, you know, as theologians, they try to communicate and uh, articulate and connect with, so we can understand it today. Some have said, you know, Corinth was a filthy place. It was kind of like California. 
first and second Californians. You know, that, that, that's what people have described it as. And it, it's this moral uh, cesspool. And it creeps into the church. And I, I say chapter 6, and you're saying, well, that's a dirty chapter, too. That's talking about Im- immorality, and it is. But I want to show you something right in the middle of immorality. As you look at God's Word, I, I want to read to you um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 12. God's Word says this. And it's talking about how to deal with immorality uh, in your own heart and life. It says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and stomach for the food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. As we look at that, I want you to highlight that next verse, verse 14. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by His power. Sometimes we wonder uh, what the answer is for our world. and What's the answer for us in this world? And I want to point out something to you. The answer for immorality in this world and the answer for the things that we struggle with, it's found in verse 14. And God raised the Lord, that He was raised from the dead. The resurrection was the victory that Christ won. It's hard for us sometimes to get the deal of the resurrection because we've become so accustomed to it. I've gone to services like this my whole life. But know this, that the disciples, they thought it was over. They lost. It was done. No hope. Which brings the resurrection to be this rejoicing time that Jesus had risen. He was not dead. The king was still on his throne. As we look at this this morning, I want you to know this. Resurrection. What we get through connection with Jesus, resurrection. You're not stuck. You're not stuck. Apart from Jesus, I want to tell you, you're stuck in your own sin, and you're stuck like others in this world that is perishing. You're stuck. But because of Jesus, because of what He's done, His resurrection is connected to your resurrection. As you look at this, it says that, and God, the God and God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Maybe we feel powerless. Maybe we feel like there's not enough. Like maybe it's just too difficult. I want to tell you this is a day for you. <laughs> this is a day for me. Because it's not based upon your your resurrection is not based upon your doing. It's based upon what Jesus did on the cross and His resurrection from the dead. And in so doing, we follow in His footsteps. He he brings us out of that which we were stuck in. So what do we do today? In fact, at the end of this passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, So glorify God in your bodies. 
because of what he has done for you, because of the victory he gives you, because of what happened on the cross and the resurrection. So glorify God in your body. We're free to rejoice and to glorify him because of what he has done. So today, I want to encourage you to enjoy the fact of the resurrection, to consider the riches that he has offered you and granted you in his son. And never think of yourself as poor if you're a believer because all the riches of heaven are yours. You are an heir uh, because of what Christ has done. I want to tell you this morning, I want to offer you this morning, if you don't have a relationship with Christ and you, you came here because a family member wanted you to or you're invited or uh, they said they would feed you afterwards or whatever, uh, I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you to don't miss the greatest riches of all. It's Jesus and you having a relationship with him. If you want to talk more about that, I'd love to talk to you about that. So thankful that you've come today. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father God, thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for the power of the resurrection, which you displayed in your son. And that's our hope this morning. God, I realize um, to a, a small degree how awful this world is and how prone to it we are in our weakness. And so, Lord, I, I rejoice in you. The victory has been won, that we can be released. We can, as Jesus rose from the dead, our resurrection being tied to that, your power displayed in us. God, grant us the victory inside your son. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. Enjoy your day. You are dismissed.